We should get paid for this. Seriously, we're getting to the point now where I'm not, I'm not getting paid enough to do this show, <laughs> which is zero dollars. <laughs> we need to get one dollar a show, and that'll be a bit more. Uh, yeah, I feel like I just need at least just give me like fifty dollars. If you're listening out there, anybody, can you just pay me fifty dollars a year just to make me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile with my time <laughs> instead of spending time reading fucking police documents and reports and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Let's start this. <laughs> Okay, five, four, three. Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a former pro cook and a buyer of hamster mansions, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who likes to read the rule book. Will every human, Will, how are you doing? What, what, sort of, what answer do you want? I'm, I'm fine. I'm in, uh... I'm in perfectly acceptable health. Went to the old chiropractor today. Had the old uh, twisty, pokey... Snap you an Arfie, which was fun. Oh, because of your neck thing? Yeah, because the old neck thing. Yeah, that was quite, quite interesting. Did you pay for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, how much? How much was it? Uh, so you pay 35 for the initial constant consultation and like diagnosis, yeah. and then 32 for every session after that. So How long's a session? I think today was 40 minutes. It's not too bad, actually. It's reasonable. And to, to be honest, it's not necessarily about the time is it it's what it does to you and it and, and i always think of oh, yeah. stuff like, that, like paying for like dentist or, or anything else that's health related like if you go to a physio or whatever and you have to pay orthopedic you have to pay for orthopedics and stuff so don't you but yeah. any of that what like 60 quid for the two sessions i've had the last two days i haven't paid a penny for the nhs for 28 years so yeah it's all swings and roundabouts isn't it I never, I never mind paying. I'm notoriously tight, by the way. Um, just for those of you who don't know, I am that kind of person who drives a car until my mechanic says you really should think about getting a new one. Do you know that? I mean, this one, I kind of can't even get parts for this anymore. I'm that kind of person. But I've never minded paying for things if it's worth it. So I've never minded if you know, even if something you know sort of costs five hundred pounds or two hundred pounds, and if you know, if I look at a situation and think, oh yeah, well. We had to call out a plumber once, an emergency plumber, on a Sunday night because underneath our, underneath our bathroom was leaking and I couldn't get to it. There was no way I could do it. I'm not like I can do DIY stuff, but there's just no way I can. Oh, pl- plumbing is like, a different basis, right? Yeah, exactly. So I rang this guy and he was honest and he said, mate, he says, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to cost you a fortune. He said, even if it's just a tiny leak, it's going to cost this. I was like, mate, I don't care, whatever. Like I had a I had a wall. My wall in my kitchen had a like a bulge in it where water was coming in. So I was just like, well, I need to fix this now before the roof kind of caves in. So I said, yeah, whatever. He was here for about I'm gonna say about 17 minutes, 360 quid. <laughs> Even then, like, you know, I, don't I don't appreciate. Care. I was like, yeah, yeah, fine, I, whatever, mate. <laughs> and I, I appreciate. I'm fortunate we both are to be in a position where 360 quid wall that is a lot of money. It's still like. All right, I had to pay it. Fair enough. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's either that, or I've got to pay thousands for a new kitchen ceiling that's, or that's basically bathroom floor. So I was happy to pay it. And then when it comes to health, like you, know, you can't can't go price on that, can you? I mean, maybe can in some cases, will but <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that I'm early on in enough in life that I'm I'm, I'm making a long term investment here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
I've, I think I've said before in the show, and I've always said to Sarah, if I get to the point where there's just no saving me, just take them to the hospital, take them to take out what they want, and just chuck me out of a moving car. Like, that's all you got to do. Just, you know, just leave my body there. Let you know, the animals can feed off it. I don't give a shit anymore. It's fine. You get, you get plenty of old people. At that point, I'm done with it. Proper open about, like, ah, I'm, I'm ready. Whatever happens, yeah. happens, sort of thing. Like, my, grand, my granddad did that. My granddad just totally bossed it. He was just he just said to the doctor, you know, like, what are the because he had like stomach cancer and everything, and he's like eighty odd years old. He said, "What?" He said, "What are the chances of me making any recovery?" And the doctor went, "He said, I'll be honest, it's really small." And he just he just went, "Ah, forget it then." <laughs> that was nah, it. Yeah. it. Just he was just, yeah, I've had my time. I'm really, you know, I'm done. I've had enough. So I was like, "All right, fair enough. Good on you." I always used to find it funny. My my dad's mum, who uh, she got to like ninety four, whatever it was. And yeah, for the last like ten years of her life, whenever you'd see her, especially after her husband died, she's just like plain as day without even missing a beach. But oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready to die, you know. So all right, all right Gran. <laughs> First of all, that's a very disturbing thing to say. Secondly, you've already told me that this evening, so can you fucking leave it out? <laughs> Almost like she's trying to give you the eye, like go on, Will, just, just like, put your hands on. I'm ready. Go on, I'm ready. Just, just squeeze. I'm fine. Go on, I'm fine. No, I mean, I'm, I'm literally ready. Can you get the pillow? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just about to finish this cup of tea and. I don't want to pour another one, because then I won't be ready. If I go and take a bath, could you just knock the toaster in? Just something, anything. <laughs> just not, not, not bring one up. Knock the toaster that's already in the bathroom. Yeah, it's already just there. Not really. Yeah, it's, the, it's there ready. It's you, ready to go. You don't have like a mini kitchenette set in your in your uh, bathroom anyway? <laughs> just in case. I was going to say this to you before we started the show, but I wanted to say this on air. This feels like this was one of those weeks where... I'm looking back over the run sheet and thinking, that was this week? No, that was three months ago, surely. That couldn't have been this week because this was one of those weeks where... This this was one of those weeks where we would have done two podcasts. That's how much news there was, if we were getting paid for it. That's that's what this would have been. Well, yeah, we, we'd have had two podcasts and actually been able to fill it rather than just waffling on and nonsense, nonsensing to each other. Rather than talking about killing your granny. <laughs> <laughs> Even, oh my God. It, I mean, even the last 24 hours has felt like that's been enough. Like, there's there's a chance that we're not going to do an hour on Lionel Messi, which which would have easily been on the cards before yesterday. Mate, I, t- I deleted it off. I'm not even kidding. I had it on there. I was like, well, we we have to talk about... I Like I said, I, I last week, I, I'll, I listen to the Overdrive show quite frequently, and I do enjoy that show. And they do not give two shits about 40, but even they were talking about Messi. I mean, that's how... You know, that's how mad a story that is, but yeah, it, I mean, it's been scrubbed. In in a purely sports sense, it's the biggest thing that's happened for a very long time. Like a competitor, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it, but... You know, come on, as, we can't, we can't, we can't, let's not talk about it, let's not talk well, about I, it. I just we'll, wanted to say, like... We will end up talking about it. Even as a direct comparable, I think it's bigger than any of, like, the LeBron decisions, as much as, like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. LeBron leaving the Cavaliers was made into more of a thing in the media with, like, the whole hour-long live tv thing like i feel this is bigger but we could we can do it next week we can do it whenever he signs anywhere else or whatever yeah we don't need this now yeah i did hear though that messi has been on the phone to john Tavares about how he picked the maple leafs and went through that whole process and apparently jt just said have you ever have you ever just picture taken and in a kind of blanket with another team on it so if that's a, if that that's, picture that's of messi and a man city bedspread comes out we'll know, we'll know where he got the idea <laughs> it's just a pet bed, bed spread a pep spread a pep spread yes yeah, a pep spread do you know what the definition of insanity is Will 
I mean, it's one of those things. I I know the feeling of it, but I just can't quite vocalise it. Yeah, it's, it's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result every time. And here we are again. Now, what, here we are which, again. Which part of it are you referencing? Are you are you defining Pretty insanity as as our belief Pretty that the NHL it. is going to do anything? Uh, the yeah. NHL's belief that we're going to accept what they do or their lack of action on social issues specifically. Issues yeah, even the, in, uh, in, even in a in a bigger scenario, you know, society might suddenly change, or things might happen where the police don't decide to just shoot people on sight because they might, you know, run. I don't. I don't know if you've uh, heard though, Dan. Um, Jacob Blake had was actually a criminal. He uh, owned owned a knife, which does mean that in in a society that has neither capital nor corporal punishment in its justice system, it does mean that any police officer undertaking an arrest on a warrant for any any individual in society can actually unload seven rounds into the back of said person. Yeah. It's a little known not loophole. Just, not just one police officer either. It has to be a gang. Oh, yeah, a gang. That's the best way. Well, you're not, you're not a gangster if you haven't got a gang. That's the problem. That's, hey, that's so true. That's so true. It's... I don't... Fucking hell. <laughs> Should we should we should we kind of work backwards because this is actually happening as we record. So currently we've got a situation where every man and his dog is aware that apparently the games tonight are going to be postponed. But the NHL eighteen minutes have not past said eight on a Thursday night GMT. The yeah, it's it's pretty clear that every game tonight and looks like tomorrow night has been postponed. But the important things we don't have so far are the NHL has not actually confirmed this. Not that it matters because, again, every man and his dog has confirmed it. But the thing for me is, like, what has driven who who's deciding this? There's a bit of conflicting information out there. For me, a lot of the way it's been worded makes it seem like it's coming from the top down. So the NHL as a whole, the league itself, is mandating that we're going to postpone these games tonight and tomorrow. But there are some where it, well, it's, it's alluding to the players having had meetings and stuff. And then driving this yeah, forward. Yeah, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And we did say, we did say, you know, with the NHL just giving these players lip service, is it actually going to be a real thing? Are there going to be any kind of comeuppance when something doesn't happen? And it looks as though, according to reports, over 100 players called the Hockey Diversity Alliance today. And a lot of players yeah. spoke to Matt Dunbar, spoke to Akeem Malou, spoke to Van der Kane. And then the HDA then got in touch with the league and said, well, what are you going to do about it? Why aren't we? Why aren't we? You know, stopping games. Why aren't we postponing games? And that's where it came from. And I am fucking all in on the Hockey Diversity Alliance. I'll tell you this much: if they want to make T-shirts or something to help fund it, if they need all that kind of thing, I will happily buy one because they are already putting in work. It's fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. But Dan, why does it? Ta- the only reason the HDA. <laughs> had to go to the league and say, what are you going to do about this? It's because they lacked the initiative to... It's not, it's not even reading the room. It's not even, you know, taking the clues, the context clues or whatever. It was they did not follow the example set by their their brothers in the athletic world. Brothers and sisters, sorry. All, all due respect to the WNBA. This isn't a case of, like, the HDA having to go to the NHL and say, oh, we... You know, we don't think that having military appreciation night is very good representation of your support for the black community. No, this is the HDA basically having to say, 
why the fuck haven't you done anything on this very obvious situation? I think, well, we should take seven seconds of reflection to really ponder that thought, shouldn't we? Yeah. Because that appears to be the best way to go about thinking about these things. We can just sort of stand up for seven seconds and, and have some reflection. Was that I what it was the that they did in the end? A seven second it was, moment of silence. I read on Twitter today that it went... Yeah, I read on Twitter today, and again, it might not be true, but for the sake of this argument and narrative, I'm going to... Fucking whatever, it, it might as well be true. It might as well be. Yeah, it's they didn't do it's probably else. even worse. Well, it didn't even happen but at all they, the games. It, they they did a they they stood there and had some reflection with you know signs up saying end racism. Brilliant. End racism with the American Just, flag in the background, more prominent than the actual sign itself. I just I do not. We're we're bordering on diatribe o'clock here, but I do not understand these feeble excuses being spouted out by both players and and coaches and management alike. You've got Zdeno Chara who. Prior to today, I would have said is one of the more well-educated members of of the uh, hockey community, and he, and he absolutely is. This to, his his ignorance on this topic does not change how smart of a human being he actually seems to be, with his ignorance no, of degrees. And he, on, and he was on he was on marches and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah he exactly. He's, he's involved. In situation. Yeah, his excuse was they were napping and then they went to the rink, so it was they weren't even aware of it. Like, get the fuck out of here! Not one of you, not one of you, on even just the Bruins, didn't look at your fucking phone after having a nap, and then get into the rink. Get the fuck out of here! That's not fucking true. That's a fucking lie, Zdeno Chara. That is a goddamn lie. It <laughs> to. Uh, like the excuse of oh we were already in game mode, which a bunch of other players have have, have made specifically, Jason Dickinson who who is, you know I've, I've been happy with what he's done previously. You know with Sagan and Lena and uh, and Ryan Reeves and stuff, and, and he has been more vocal than a lot of other players. But he spotted that same, uh, that same excuse of oh we got to the rink and you know I half thought about it, but we were already in game mode, so whatever. Like it doesn't. I don't care if you've got fucking 10 minutes before the puck's being dropped. You've got the time to sit down as a team in that locker room and say, we shouldn't be doing this. We should not be playing tonight. And again... we're circling back. Sorry. Oh, God. No, I was just going to say, and it's not even like they had to have that original thought themselves. It was out there. The template was out there. The Bucks had done it. MLB had done it. That's, MLS. Yeah, this is the thing. As we're circling around on this, the fact that they're in game mode you know it's bullshit because the Orlando Magic who were playing the Milwaukee Bucks were on the court taking warm-ups. They were on the court taking warm-ups ready to play. They got no... The Bucks aren't coming out, by the way. They're not playing this game. So the Magic went, oh, okay, and just walked off and then waited to see what happened next. And and stood so with the Bucks. That, that you're fucking in, like, fucking warm-up mode. You're in game mode. Got my game face on. Can't get my game face off now. That's insane. I've had, I've had my pre-game nap, I have to play now. It's fucking insane. There's not a sound. Fucking mental. It only takes a second to score a goal, and it only takes a second to say, now we're not playing because of this. It's it's just moronic. It's, it's at, at worst, it's deliberate inaction. At best, it's the most blinkered view of the world I've ever witnessed in action. Do you know what I mean? I will say... Anybody who was massively surprised by the NHL not cancelling games must be out of their tree. Did you actually think 
Did you? Did anybody? If anyone hearing this, listening to my voice, wants to message me, that's fine. At Dan Straight Edge or at Two Brits One Puck, number two, number one. If you want to message me and say you thought they were going to do something other than standing and reflecting, if you thought they were actually going to do something meaningful, please get in touch. Because I didn't think they were going to cancel games for one second. Not for one second. Because, as it's been pointed out, they are always, always, always late to the party on anything like this. Anything like this. And it's only because, same with, same with you know, kneeling for the anthem and all that kind of stuff. It's only because they're getting outside pressures to do it and they don't want to look bad. But then my second point of this was, and I've said this a million times before, when it comes to sort of owners doing things or players doing things in a certain way, would you not, for purely selfish reasons, just say, no, it'll be really great. Wouldn't we look really good if we did the same thing as the NBA? Wouldn't we look cool like them? Wouldn't that be a really cool thing to do? Regardless, regardless of what their views are. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd think, let's just do it just for some good PR. How about that? Yeah, good idea. Let's do that. For purely selfish reasons. But no. Just as as always, it's just let's just do nothing. Let's just do nothing. Nothing. And until the PR department at League Head Office says, actually we need to do this or else we're gonna well, actually, yeah, shit, we're getting loads of fucking grief on the social meds. We'd better do something. It's and and I don't know, I like this is what they should be doing to an extent. My complaint with what with the prospect of sitting out of tonight's games is it does clearly seem to be a PR-led move or a league office-led move when it should be a player-led move. And that's the real problem. Obviously, it really should have happened last night when all the other leagues and teams were were um, not boycotting, striking, sorry, were striking. But even even this late-to-the-party catch-up stunt is is not being done in the right way. Which is just heartbreaking. Again and again. Heartbreaking. I wish they could all get fucking sucker punched in the face. <laughs> Don't jump ahead. I'll come to that. It's just it's just I will I've got to mention as well got, something got, else got, the HDA. Got. Something else the HDA mentioned in one of their releases, which is fucking amazing. And it shows they are absolutely taking this, you know, a million percent seriously. In, in regards to the whole issue, the whole social issue, not just around hockey, is that they're now petitioning owners to open up the rinks as polling stations so people who live in the area don't have to walk for 70 miles or stand in line for, you know, fucking six days to vote. Yeah, that's something... That's fucking um, awesome shit. That's fucking awesome. That's something LeBron has done as well. I think that he was working to open up Dodger Stadium, I think, in, a, in LA to, yes, as, a, yes, as a voting yes, station, which right. is fantastic. And it's which yeah, fucking brilliant. I know, I know we're consistently comparing the NBA and the NHL, but the NBA proved time and time again that the athletes can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's a different culture there, and there's there's a, as as far as like player power and and um, union power versus team power and owner power. But I don't think that that really affects how much sort of social power you have. It might affect. Yeah, you're a bit eight to force a trade or or you're worth in free agency or even playing time or whatever it might be. But I think when it comes to actually taking a stand and having your voice heard, at least within the hockey community, you have just as much ability to make your voice heard as, as any player in any sport does. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the we've seen that kind of evolution of sports stars over the years, especially someone like me who's, you know, been around for a fucking dog's age, that 
it's kind of gone from being, oh, he just plays football, he just plays hockey, he just plays basketball, to now these players realizing, hang on a minute, I can make a real difference. I can actually, you know, get out there, be political, be sort of, have sort of my sort of socialistic views on things, and you know, I can I can lead a revolution almost, and, and lead people to do the right thing, and yeah, I, it's it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. Yeah, it's it, the the good side's good, <laughs> but then it only further yeah. amplifies how how inept our beloved sport is. Let me just quickly double check Twitter because I'm just making sure there's anything else on there that's come out. We got our, we got to keep our. It says that more than 100 players in the bubble had a call with Evander Kane and Matt Dumba, and it was the players who reached out. It wasn't Kane and Dumba calling into the bubble to say, "So what are you going to do?" Actually, a lot of players got in touch and said, what do you think we should do? Do you know what? This is something I wanted to mention. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I, I nearly forgot this. There has to be There has to be a culture change. This is going to sound like the most obvious fucking thing I've ever said, but let me finish my point. There has to be a culture change in hockey in regards to, obviously not the fucking main thing, which is have some balls and stand up to the league, but these players realising that they do have power. And they do have control. And they do have a voice. And we, we have said time and time again, it's drilled into hockey players from two years old, three years old, four years old. You do not matter. It is the team that matters, not you. And there has to be a change in that. There has to be a change in that. And that's something the NBA has done over the past sort of, sort of 10 years or so. That unless you were you know Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird, it was just about the team. You, unless you were like the top two or one or two players in the world, it didn't matter or you didn't matter. But now you've just got to be, you know, if you're the first, second or third best player on your team, you now have a voice, a really, really powerful voice. And I'm hoping that hockey players start to realise that because they don't, they absolutely do not. You know, we've, we've joked about this since day one on the show. It's the, uh, it's the logo on the front, not the name on the back. And it should be the name on the back. Absolutely, and it, that's also something that's going to have to be player-led. You're not going to have yeah. fucking Jeff Finnick and fucking Tom Kulardi coming out and saying, actually, yeah, we need the players to have more power than we do, or any of the GMs or anyone in, in, in front office roles. The player, the NHLPA and Donald Fear are going to have to sit down and say, look, look each other in the eye and say, look, we are better than this. We have more power than this and we need to wield it for good. Not only our good, but the good of our communities, which we, you know, so fondly represent. Like, and and there is an element to to hockey players that do well within their communities. I'd, yeah. As much as we joke about the sort of, it's not. What's that award? It's not the. Is it the King Clancy that's community based award? Yes, I think so. As much as we joke about those awards and stuff, and like the Mark Messier award and stuff, like. I do believe that there are plenty of hockey players that like to do, that, you know, take pride in their, you know, wanting to help people in their community. It's just about shifting that focus to not more important issues, but like the issue of race, the issue of uh, systemic racism, the issue of police brutality, injustices within our, our the, the North American and, and our justice system, not that fucking anyone on the New York Rangers is going to give a shit about our justice system, but that's beside the point. It's, yeah, the tools are there. 
they know they can use their platform for certain things. It's just about shifting the focus or expanding the focus is, is what I should say. It's about expanding the focus. And the the longer this goes on, the longer this goes on, ever since the murder of George Floyd, the less I'm believing that the players actually care. It's you know, they, they care about X, Y, and Z, but do do they really care about Black Lives Matter? Do they it's the re- thing though, like, I can't believe I'm gonna I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I don't know if they know how to. How many times how many times have we referenced fucking Dustin Brown sat in his house and his wife saying, I'd like a bit of help with these four kids down again and he says, What are you talking about? We've just lost five straight. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and you're like, dude, you're fucking insane. Is that all you can think about? Mate. I'm not saying that they don't care, but I think sometimes, I don't think they know how to. I don't think they understand. Like, you know, I just don't think they understand what's going on outside of their rink and their next game. Do you remember that Jonathan Taves quote when everyone first got to the bubble? Oh, God, I've forgotten it He was asked something something about, oh, what are you going to do about COVID? No, no, no. It was about it was about like kneeling during the anthem and stuff, and, and taking a protest onto the ice. And his his quote was something along the lines of, "All oh, the conversation has shifted now. That's not really on our minds. We're focused on the playoffs." Yeah, and yeah, that exactly. that speaks exactly. to to what you're saying. Like they're so one track minded, and they have been since they've been fucking eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. That I mean, I hope you're right, and and it's not. <laughs> It's not like I think where they just don't give a shit. Like, I hope that they don't know how to hold more than one thought in their thin little fucking brains at a time. I genuinely think it's that. Because I can't believe, I can't believe. How many pro players are there? What, about 720? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that all of them don't at least think at some point, oh, this is this is really fucked up. Don't, don't value the lives of black people. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Like I can't believe that that you're gonna find seven. I can't believe that you're gonna find basically seven hundred and twenty cunts who are really good at hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe that, you know. <laughs> believe it, baby. Yeah, I just and I just think it's that. I, I just think that they have no clue about how to think, especially those that are playing in the playoffs, because it's it's like how much is made of the playoffs and everything that goes on. And I think I think if you'd have honestly. Honestly, mm-hmm. sat down with all of those players that should that were going to play last night. So the Tampa, Boston players, and the Dallas, Colorado players, mm. and said to them, "Are you thinking about canceling the game?" Mm-hmm. I think they would have looked at you like you had seven heads. Like, what are you talking about? Cancel the game? What do you mean? Like, why would we cancel the game? Not in a way of how dare you suggest that, but in a way of well, why would we? We just play hockey. That's all we do is play hockey. We always play hockey. We're playing hockey. We've got a game in a minute. We're going to play hockey. And I just think, you know. Like you say, it's just drilled into them from such an early age that they can't think about anything else. It's so part of their identity and and yeah, yeah, it's a way of life for them. And it's not just hockey players that are like that. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know. Every sport, I'm sure there's you know and, players like that. And that's the thing that still doesn't, you know, that's still not enough of an excuse to me because we had other athletes oh, no, doing not it. Like, no, no, not I, I know you don't think that's good yeah. enough, but like, it, I, I can't. That can't explain it away for me. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, yeah. Yanis Antetokounmpo is as dedicated to basketball as Sidney Crosby is to, to hockey. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're right. Take any, right. Other, any other sport and any other player. Like, that's where I can't 
and I think that's where the uh, the demographics of the hockey players come into social and economic. It's it's a, a level of oh, I'm sure loads of people said it yesterday, but there were definitely a number of tweets that stood out to me saying that like I think there was a Kyle McCarr quote, something around oh he was always brought up to to respect everybody, and and it was making the point of NBA players and NFL players and more MLB and MLS players than hockey players have had to live these this situation. It's not been a choice of whether they're aware of police brutality within their community. Most of them have been directly affected. Fucking hell, Milwaukee Bucks player players. I forgive me, I don't know their names, but were victims of racial profiling, and one of them was a victim of fucking police brutality. Had a knee on his motherfucking neck, and the geezer was a multi-million dollar NBA basketball player in the year of our Lord two thousand fucking twenty. That's never fucking my happened mate, to a single NHL my player. My mate Ali, my mate Ali who is a Muslim. He's a, his parents are from Pakistan mm-hmm. and he is currently qualifying to be a judge. So he's done his 10, I think it's about eight, nine, or it's, I think it's like nine or 10 years you have to practice as a solicitor in this country yeah. before you can start, you know, training to be a judge. And he was stopped about eight months ago, you know, because he, you know, drives a nice car. He's, he's obviously he's fucking loaded. Yeah, of course he is. Drive, drive down a really nice car around the middle of Manchester and he got stopped. And he said, why did you stop me? <laughs> and then what was the best thing? Well, and I can't remember. The, I'll have to get the quotes off him. But the police officer tried to school him on the law, not, re- not realizing that Ali is actually practicing to be a judge. Well, so I don't so know, know if you've heard, law, but it's actually uh, better than, illegal yeah. to be Asian and drive an Audi. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ali knows the law better than 99.8% of this entire population. <laughs> it made me laugh when he told me. But we had a chat about it, and he said, yeah, he says, like, you know, people just assume all the time that I'm a fucking drug dealer or I'm a gangster, you know, and it's fucking could be nothing further from the truth. Exactly, and that's the thing. So so your Ali's, your, your Yanis's, your, your whoever's are going to have have had that drilled into them. Going to be, it's, yeah. it's, it's not an option to not be aware of it because you are experiencing it. And that's another level of privilege that these NHL players have, which millions around the world do not have. And it only contributes to that sort of that ignorance and that blindness that we've been talking about that that leads them to to be able to say, oh, I didn't happen, I didn't know what was happening. Let's shift over to something else before we get into actual hockey news, which is obviously linked to this, but Logan Couture seems really dumb, doesn't he? Discuss. I thought he was the fucking Great White Hope, wasn't he? He was like the first one who came out with, with yeah. that apologetic... So, so, oh, I'm really sorry if this offends anyone, but actually, you know, human lives matter no matter race, race, uh, race, color or creed. And now he's he's out saying about how he's a Donald Trump fan and he thinks the Republican Republican Party can do good, and he's surprised that he got fucking decked for it. Here's the thing, right? And this is where you sound where you I sound, you sound so excited. Quite, this is this is where to describe gif. I'm gonna the gif describe. Gif describe black man looking at camera confused with all question marks around him. You know the gif. <laughs> I know the man. I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, I know the I know the fellow with the legendary the legendary gif. I like the Republican Party, but I never said a vote for Trump. Now Logan, I don't know if you know this or not, but Donald Trump is the current leader of the Republican Party. 
I'm not sure if you know that, but he is. So if you say you like the Republican Party and you think they've got some good ideas, you are directly saying that you like Donald Trump. Now, there are people, because I kind of follow a few people who are political on Twitter, who have made the points that they like what the Republican Party stands for, but they do not like Donald Trump. But they're talking about old school Republican Party that they appreciate, I guess, kind of like conservative and labor. There are some people who appreciate what the Conservative Party stands for in England, but they do not like the current fucking bag of milk that we have in charge. So I could have maybe got that if he'd have said, I think the Republican Party, as it used to be, was something I could have got behind. But currently, I think they're going in the wrong direction or something like that. But to say you would vote for them now it is a direct endorsement of Trump. And I respect the right for anyone to have their opinion. You are free to do that. But I also respect the right for that opinion to get you knuckled in your coconut. Because I think that's fair. <laughs> because you can have free speech, but your speech is going to get you fucking socked in the gob. Then I'm all for it. I was I was having this conversation with Grace yesterday. There are, there are certain situations where it is relatively permissible to say that you separate the art from the artist. Absolutely. Say you listen to XXX, Tentacion, or however you say it, Triple X's music. Or somebody who makes good music, but I see your point. But I can't think of, I didn't want to say Lost Prophets. Um, <laughs> so you brought that one out of me. If you, if you listen to, okay, so... So I like I like, I like the rapper for the kids. That's, right, no. That's the worst thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! What a fucking sicko! Fuck so I so I, I like the rapper for the kids. The only good go thing, on. the only good thing about that happening was that I know for a fact he is getting the shit kicked out of him probably every oh, day, right. which is a thank fucking Christ. It's it's the thing fucking of dirty piece of shit. We we won't even dare say his fucking name, but whenever no. it whenever it pings into my head, I have that initial moment of sadness of like what a fucking what a monster, like a true definition of a monster. I think. Oh yeah, true monster, true monster. And then, like you say, it's that it's that realization of like, oh my fucking god. You know, this may stun you, Will. This you may know. stun you to hear this, but I'm I used to be acquaintances with people who've spent time at Her Majesty's pleasure. You okay, may be surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you know that or not, but yeah, they because I I said to them, I said, what happens with people who touch kids and stuff inside? What's the? And they said, oh yeah, like they get they get attacked all the time because it's there's like it's that stupid code, isn't it? Is you you know you hold up a, a post office with a sawn off shotgun and threaten to shoot some dude in the chest or shoot some thirty year old woman. It's like well yeah, she happens, but they said you know there are things that are off limits. That you know that if you're if you're inside for that kind of thing, oh yeah, you you get a, a good kick in at least once a week. So at least there is that. But let's move on because let's, this has just taken please, an incredibly dark twist. My, my point was there are there are situations where you can separate the art from the artist and say that I enjoy this person's work. I but think I, I do Michael Jackson. I do because they're Michael Jackson. But again, I don't think about even then. I was trying to get to the point of I started with Triple X Tentacion, who still. Domestic abuse is no fucking joke, but I'd say, anyway, 
you can separate the art from the artist in certain situations. You can say, I enjoy this person's work, but I do not agree with their political views or what they stand for, their what they do, their personal conduct or yeah. whatever. But one of the few fields where you cannot, explicitly cannot fucking do that is politics. Like, there is no way that... And, and, and like you say, there there is nothing inherently wrong with thinking, uh, you know, conservative politics. I agree with you. Know, I think we should be... You know, less taxes for the rich, which is austerity, whatever it is. Like, fair enough. If you think that that's not inherently evil, but in the current current political climate and the actors who are portraying those views to you, who are the figureheads of those views, if you support, if you openly support those parties, you are absolutely condoning racism. You're condoning police brutality. You're condoning fucking seventeen year olds going out and committing murders backed by the police. It's not, it's not acceptable. And Logan Couture trying to, to bring it slightly back towards where we, what we were talking about. Logan Couture tried to weasel out of it by saying, "Oh, but I'm Canadian. I can't even vote." Buddy, you fucking live in San Jose. Your primary residence is in North America. Even if your primary residence isn't, you spend the majority of your time living and working in in the United States of America, which is governed by the Republican Party and Donald Trump. So you have a vested interest because it does affect your livelihood. And that's and even if you don't, like, if some fucking geezer in the middle of Norwich said, I'm a big Donald Trump fan, probably deserve to get fucking smashed. It's just so fucking disappointing, to, to echo my first point, that he seemed to be the one to, to almost break the ice of, look, I'm, I'm just your average white NHLer, and I think that <laughs> I don't agree with racism. And then to be so ignorant as to be able to say these things, not even six months down the line, it's just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, you're right. There's, uh, yep. <laughs> got nothing to add to that. I think you've. Um, oh, I, th- I think you put it perfectly, mate. Oh, thank you very much. It's that kind of disappointment, isn't it? I think you know what. Like, if Tony D'Angelo sends that tweet out, you just go in. Well, yeah, I expect that from him because he's a fucking you know absolute grade A knobhead. You get a uh, you get a retweet it's with expected. comment with uh, the eggplant emoji and uh, and a little raindrop and etc etc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all from a player oh, who mate. seemed to be. Imagine if Tony Tony D'Angelo got smacked in the face and we had it on video. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, don't don't because now that's getting me excited and I... we can hope we can hope if you're out there, Tony. Just in case this ever comes across your feed or anything or you know you ever catch the wind of it or anything you're a twat there you go <laughs> that's it just, just, just want to make that very clear yeah just want to make that clear you're a twat all right there is hockey things happening so i uh should we start the show <laughs> unfortunately yeah okay So about, I don't know, uh, I think about three years ago now, Alan Walsh, the agent of Marc-Andre Fleury, decided to post a picture on Twitter with, <laughs> with a sword through his back onto the ice. And the sword had the name uh, Boer on it. And let me tell you, Will, I am here for all of this. I am here for all of this. How many times have I said, 
I love me some pettiness. I love me some pettiness. I love me some soap opera. Fuck hockey, all soap operas, all the time, all my life. That's what I want. This is amazing, and I love every second of it. And and this is some Shakespearean drama, like fucking, <laughs> fucking hell. What an, what an absolute emo Alan Walsh must be. I fucking love it. Absolute emo. Absolute fucking. And and Alan Walsh didn't fucking make that picture, did he? So he's 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 wrong. Someone he's probably paid somebody to do that. I will guarantee he's paid somebody. Isn't that fucking? He's probably paid one of his mates whose fucking kid hasn't got a job, but he's doing him a solid. He's throwing him like a little swift two hundred dollar backhander. Like, I'll just knock his up for you. Well, your your lad does art, don't he? Yeah, he does. Has he got a job yet? No, mate. It's fucking hard. All right, I've got a job for him. I, not I guarantee he's paid four figures for that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. To be he's, fair, you're right. He's it's paid like fucking work. three it's grand. Work. Mate, it's beautiful. I am fucking living for it. I want more of it. I want every single agent out there, like cussing out the team that yeah, of your of your player gets you know not enough ice time or whatever. It's like, ah, he's been fucking, he's been betrayed. Like yeah, the the some painting of like Julius Caesar being stabbed by Brutus. And just labelled it up as whoever and whoever. It's... I'm thinking anytime fucking Darren Ferris with like photoshopping Mitch Marner's face onto Oliver because he should get more money. Anything like, <laughs> like anything like that. <laughs> just fucking I'm here for all of it. And the thing is, well, like, of course, of course, fucking Flory knew what he was doing. Of course he did. Mate. Like, there's no way. There's no way Alan Walsh does this without running it past Flower first. Not a chance. I hope he, I hope he did. Oh, he did. He absolutely. No, I mean, I, I hope he. I hope he didn't. Way. I hope he didn't run it past him. I hope it was just pure. Oh no, he did. Pure unfortunately, life. unfortunately, he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Oh, mate, it's beautiful. Hey, roll human. Flowers at his fucking nose pushed out a joint, Annie. He goes to Vegas. He's the face of the Golden Knights. Let's not forget that. The second he was picked in that uh, expansion draft, he's the face of the Golden Knights. When he he waived his no trade to go there, like he he went there when. Before we even knew Vegas were Vegas, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he chose to go there when he was expecting them to be fucking shit. And and here comes the hot new shit, fucking Robin Lena steaming in <laughs> the fucking hired gun. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Oh mate, it's it's fucking the beautiful. Fucking hired gun. So that this is this is it for Flory in uh, in Vegas, right? I mean, maybe, but who's taking on that contract? What's he getting? Seven million for the next year and a half? Yep. Or the next? Was it two seasons? Like, uh, two seasons. I think it was four years at seven mil per. So yeah, probably two. Either way, however long it is, unless they're reading some contracts, which Vegas can't really do because they are one of those teams who's kind of in cap hell. Nah, he's definitely have to not. Move some pieces. They're gonna have to eat some of that deal. Well, again, it, it all depends on on what happens this summer, doesn't it? Right. Could that be? Yeah, a, right, could right. that be? A, like, I would be surprised if we don't have some sort of compliance buyer or whatever this summer. Yeah, maybe not necessarily for Flurry, but there's going to be the option. Good, surely, someone made a good point as well that Vegas's rival is the Sharks. So on the outside, it looks like the Sharks coach has come in <laughs> and said, <laughs> Fuck "You know what? I fucking hate that goalie. He's always a fucking twat to us. He always saves our shots. Ha! Now he's not going to play. So there." <laughs> On a, on a purely... You know, the fact that Lane has clearly been the better goalie this year. This, this is the thing. And and Flory has a fucking history of flopping 
for like to, yeah he, he redeemed himself with back to back club well no no he, no he didn't actually um, he got back he got better back to where he was for a couple of years in Vegas but for a decade now he's been the goalie who can't fucking get you there right I'm glad you said that because cool. shout out to Paul Campbell resident as always put goalie expert who got in touch last week and said he was re-listening to a show from the 13th of March when I had a take about Roberto Luongo's number being retired in Florida. And I said it was idiotic because at some point, someone's going to come along in Florida who actually wins them a cup or does whatever, whatever. And after I saw these, this tweet and all this kind of thing and, and the talk of Flurry, is he a guaranteed Hall of Famer? And this is the point you've just made. How can you have a guaranteed Hall of Fame goalie who for three kind of very important postseason runs has been pulled out halfway through because he couldn't do it and in the majority like 80% of the other postseason runs was known as being a guy who just would crumble in the postseason like a flan in a cupboard I think I think he definitely will be a Hall of Famer but I definitely don't think he should be a, should be a Hall of Famer I agree with you if you want to argue with me that he's not I think you could convince me quite quickly <laughs> that he isn't. Because, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll get in, and I'd like to know if Paul listens to this show. But I mean, God knows why would he? Because why would anybody? But if he does, I would like to know his take on it. Because maybe there's, and again, maybe there's something that goalie experts can see or that they know, or maybe Flower does something that's amazing. I mean, clearly the Microsoft Paint. But if there's something else that we're not seeing, maybe he can enlighten us. But I agree completely with you. He'll get in, but. Maybe he shouldn't. He's he's gonna get in based on the fame aspect of it. He yeah. does he does have three standing cups. Not all as a starting goalie, but he does have three standing cups. He ushered in a new thirty first franchise and was and got was good for him and got into a cup. In an unbelievable story. In in their first season. Like I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Thomas Nozek gets in the Hall of Fame for that <laughs> fucking uh that cup. <laughs> Who's the first player to take a face? Was it Cody Eakin was like the first player to take a face off? Yeah, be. I think so. Yeah, Cody Eakin. Well, Cody Eakin was getting in anyway for just being so, yeah, fair point, fair point. so unbelievably ginger. But yeah, I, th- I think Flower will get in just because he's he's probably the most famous goalie in the league at the moment for the last decade. He's got to have been. Oh, I don't know. Lundqvist? Price? Yeah, but I reckon Flower, like... Sort of transcends on the, on the whole. The on the well. whole, yeah, like... And before you got to think See, that. now there's a question. There's a question. Who is the most famous goalie of the last decade? And take out your Montreal bias out of there. I'm talking to you, Dyson Sphere and Paul. Jason Paul. <laughs> well, and and Kerry Price, like, no one gave a shit about Kerry Price before 2014. Um, I'd say it's probably probably Hank or Flower, isn't it? Yeah, you might be right. You might of, be right. Uh, of, you know, post-2005. Because Flower was a first overall pick, wasn't he? Or was he? he like, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the first, in the first, in the fucking, wasn't it in like the the four drafts from two thousand onwards? There were like three goalies taken in the top five, or like two first overall picks. Because it was where when was DiPietro taken? Yeah, I think he. I think looking at this. I think he was. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, first overall in two thousand. Yeah. Then Flurry was first overall in two thousand three. I know Kyrie Lennon was in there somewhere as well. When was Kyrie Lennon taken? Not 2001. 
Okay, yeah, Di Pietro, 2000. Flurry, 2003. Corey Lennon was taken second overall in 2002. Yeah, there's no other goalies. What about 2004? No. No. Michel Plass in 68 for the Canadians. But there's no... Al Montoya. Al Montoya got taken sixth overall in 2004. In 2004? 2004. That's fucking mental. Oh my god, yes he did! That's fucking outrageous. Oh, mate. I love the draft so much. But yeah, so... <laughs> Fuck, Harry. So you, you know what? I love, I love... Fucking get ready next week, fucking Al Montoya deep dive. <laughs> I like Al Montoya. He, he, he wasn't bad. I do too. Sixth overall. Who went after him? Uh, well, Shit, De- nobody any good. Devin Dubnik. Alex Radulov went... F- oh, Devin Dubnik went 14. Alex Radulov went 15. Who are all of these players? <laughs> this is one of those ones where I'm reading it going, who? It's like, who? Mate, I love, I love looking at the draft because you get some proper, like, you get a mixture of, of people who feel like they're a million years old and and people that you're like, oh shit, he's, he was drafted that long ago. Like, Travis Zajac was drafted in 2004. Schneider. And then there's just people you've never fucking heard of. Third overall pick, Cam Barker. So in, in five drafts from 2000 to 2004, you had four goalies selected sixth overall or above, three of which were in, in the top two. Oh my God. So yeah, so, so that just contributes to Flory's fucking fame, really. Damn, what, a, what a strange time. This 2004 draft could rival the 2012 draft. Actually, no, it couldn't. It couldn't because the first two are off. I was going to say you got Ovian, Ovian Morgan. Yeah, and even then you got I was looking further down the list. Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler at five. five. That's good. Like respect to fourteen's a good pickup. Respect to Radulov. Like, Radulov's fucking good. Or well, yeah, was right, for a long time. Radulov. But then yeah, Zajac at twenty. Corey Schneider at twenty six. Mike Green twenty nine. Mike Green at twenty nine. Poor out for shout out to Mike Green who retired this week. Had a decent career. That that's, that's an, it. That's an, oh no, Alex Edler ninety one. Oh no no, I was looking at the I was looking at the first round. Oh, just the first, the first round. round. Oh, yeah, it's fuck all there. <laughs> Cam Barker, fucking who? <laughs> I've I've heard of Cam Barker, but only as like, oh fucking hell, Cam Barker got taken at third overall sort of thing. Like in in, in the same way oh, yeah. as all those who Griffin Ryhart is. Yeah. Um, oh, shout out Dave Krejci at 63. Fucking hell, there's a steal. That's a good shout. But, Christ. The the Mike Green thing's interesting though, isn't it? Because I, I, I reckon he doesn't retire if, without this COVID thing. Actually, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I wonder how many other players are are either going to, you know, ones who have sat out already are going to say, fuck this, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Or how many that are going through, have gone through the bubble more than think, actually, I'm not really that interested in it. Do you know what? I didn't know this as well. Shout out to fucking Mike Green, a fantastic nickname. I love nicknames. Do you know what his nickname is? Uh, Greener, Greeny. Game Over Green. Game Over Green. That's bad boy. That's a great nickname. That's a great nickname. Fucking watch out, Triple H, on a piece here. Right, just one sec. I'm just quickly looking at Al Montoya's stats. <laughs> when was he taken? Oh, four, oh, five. <laughs> I still can't believe fucking Mike Green had 31 goal season. That's mental. Right, so before he was taken in the draft, Al Montoya's save percentages were 9 11, 
995. But, Sorry, no, 911 and 917. But where? Then he went 895, 875, 907. He didn't get to the NHL until 2008-9, and he played five games. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's rough, isn't it? That's that really rough. rough. Like, all respect to Montoya, but, like, it's fucking bad people. <laughs> As always, just slagging off a player who made it to the NHL. <laughs> what a fucking joke. What an embarrassment oh, to his mother. <laughs> uh, he gets paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, to play professional hockey, and we're just laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one who deserves to be laughed at, I think. <laughs> you might have a point. All right. Before this turns into an Almontoya, like I said, before this turns into an Almontoya deep dive, let's, or, uh, let's or, do, or just do a fucking. Oh, let's look at what about the 2005 draft? Who's. <laughs> yeah, before we start doing all that. He's only, he's only earned so seven more... mil. What fucking. Is that all? What a wuss. Fucking bum. What a bum. Absolute yes. scrub. And he doesn't deserve a penny more. I think he maybe deserves probably about five million dollars less, but whatever. No, <laughs> he, he he doesn't deserve to earn more than minimum wage. I think. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. More little Vegas news was not only was Flower, but reported by um, Greg Wachinski was that Jonathan Marcheseau, after the um, the second the second game which they lost said that I just wanted to comment about the remarks I made on my social media yesterday. I wanted to apologise sincerely. I think it was childish, immature and not professional. I want to say I'm sorry. It won't happen again. I've learned from it. And he said that because he had posted something on his Instagram and was getting a ton of heat. So decided to retaliate to the people who were chirping him. Two things about this. Number one, I appreciate the fact that he wasn't asked about this. He just said it straight away. He just came out, admitted to it, said it. That's fantastic. Second thing, he should have leaned into it. If you send the player shit on the social meds, you should expect shit in return. I he's, he's like going fucking psycho. Have you, have you seen these comments that he made? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're mad. But I love him. He <laughs> lost his rag and went for it. I fucking love it. That guy's a fucking animal. Like what? <laughs> so somebody asked him, do you play soccer? Which, Which to me... Yeah, there's 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 nothing he's clearly already fucking raring to go at that point. <laughs> nothing nothing inherently wrong in that. Uh so he replied to this person, kinda taco. Your dog is as ugly as you which which is an interesting way of <laughs> an interesting way of wording it for me. Because it's it's not yours you look like a dog, you're as ugly as a dog. It is it's kinda of, kinda of poetic in a way, it's like you are more ugly. You're, you're so ugly that it is an insult to your dog to say that your dog is as ugly as you. Yeah. He's got, just going after this person's dog, which is a bit unfair, really. But that is low. That dog can't defend itself. But no. like I said... Let alone on, you're on Instagram. Go if you're going to go for it, fucking go for it. <laughs> insult the dogs. And like I said, insult the people's mums, which he did, saying unbelievable things about <laughs> oh, mums, which I'm not going to repeat. Oh, I'm, I'm really worried because it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Oh, off you go, Shut, mate. Go for it. So, verbatim, Shut the fuck, lil dick, and go suck on your mummy's titties and stop wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Shut, it's just amazing. Shut the fuck, mate. Just shut the fuck. He, oh, mate. But there's the thing, though. People just think they can send shit to players all the time, especially when they're... 
shout out, shout out Patrice Everett and Eric Cantona, who were just like, you know what, I've had enough of this, so I'm going to run into the crowd and fly kick this fan in the face if possible. Which is what, I, if you don't hear Eric Cantona is, folks, Google Eric oh, Cantona, mate. Crystal Palace fan. As he was, as he got sent off in a game playing for Man United, there was a fan at the sideline giving him shit, as fans like to do. So Eric Cantona, at the peak of his playing powers, decided to run into the crowd and jumped, doing a flying kick into this would, fan. Would he fight the fucking the best striker in the world at this point? He's he was. Like, I mean, yeah. There, if you talk to Man United fans, he is the player who literally turned them around and turned them into perennial being the top of the, the top team in the world for years and years and years. It started with him. It started with him just just like kicking. If he, if he hadn't kicked that Palace fan in the chest, Man United would be in fucking league two at this point. It might be the case. It might be the case. What, what did, did you know Patrice Everett did the same thing? I feel like I did, but I'd definitely forgotten. I think Everett was playing for Juventus, or he might have been playing in France, but I can't remember how it happened, but a fan was giving him shit during warm-ups. So Ever went over to the side and was giving the fan shit. So the fan ran down. Ever just kicked him in the head, <laughs> like a standing high kick. Kicked like, him in yes, the head. Good, good. You give a player shit and then you run up into him. You fucking deserve getting kicked in the mush. I, I, <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't in good conscience say the Palace fan deserved a fucking kung fu kick to the chest though. Mate, I don't know what he said. That's now, that's some, the thing. That's there the are thing. some things. There are some things that if someone, I, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Those they those that's my past and that's gone. But there are certain things that if you said them to me, I would see red. Like, and you'd be the same. You'd be the say same. say it was the World Cup final and somebody involved in something. <laughs> the female members of your family. How 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 would you appropriately respond to such an insult? I think the only appropriate response would be to headbutt that person in the chest as hard as possible in front of literally the world, literally billions of people. <laughs> wearing gold encrusted boots. Oh my god. In your last ever game. Shout out Zizu. Fucking <laughs> the the best thing ever. Alright, okay, we've still got loads of stuff to get <laughs> we, we we wouldn't talk about Messi. We'll happily do fucking ten minutes on Eric Cantona. <laughs> Messi's a bigger story though, it really is. Oh. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and being played while we pause for a quiet moment of reflection. And if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes or a review where you listen, that would be lovely. As always, we're brought to you and sponsored by Wave Intel. Head over to Wave Intel for up-to-date and easy-to-read stat sheets, comparison charts, GM trackers, and more stats than a train spotter's notebook. Wave Intel, <laughs> online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. There are... What? That's, that's good. More stats than a train spotter's notebook. More stats than a train spotter's notebook. Thank you very much. I like it, that's good. I'm enjoying the playoffs. Not worried about the Bruins, so let's not bother talking about that. The playoffs as a whole. See? Yeah, playoffs as a whole has been really good. It's good to see the officials are still making sure they adhere to the actual NHL playoffs, regardless of there being a bubble, because they are doing their bit by being fucking terrible. And I do want to give all fans online credit for making sure they play their part, where every single team is constantly being gypped by the refs because they want their team to lose. So well done, everybody. I think everyone's playing their part really well. But it's it's the age old thing of it's everybody against the goalies and the refs, isn't it? So the refs are only yes. doing what they're meant to be doing. Of course, they want all the teams to lose. I have got to say, bizarrely, both of our teams were beneficiaries of some quite unbelievable refereeing decisions, which 
was along the lines of, who cares if the puck is over the line? Just celebrate as hard as possible and we'll give it as a goal. Yeah, I, I didn't see either of these. Like, I saw all the jawing and, you know, shout out to the age on their diabolical highlights packages. No coverage of it whatsoever. Yeah, so so which which goals were these? Like I saw all the all the nonsense about oh, it shouldn't have been a goal, but yeah, I didn't, it was didn't see any evidence. First goal, it was the first goal for the Bruins against the Lightning in Game Two, mm-hmm. which was yeah, it was just you know being jammed at the net. Yeah, and the Bruins player celebrated, and so they looked at the tape and were like, "Well, they celebrated really hard. So it must have gone in." So that was given as a goal. And it was pretty much the same thing for the Stars. I can't remember which. I think it was to make the game 2-2. Was it that SLN goal? I think so, yeah. And it was 2-2. That made the game 2-2 as far as I can remember. But it was the same kind of thing. And and the, the line was that something along the lines of the player seemed to celebrate like really hard. So we couldn't see a reason to not give it or something. <laughs> just something stupid. Well, like the, the league actually said that. It was something like it was something like that. It was something stupid like that. Not exactly that. So don't quote me on that. Yeah, like oh, we we defer to the players. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it, it wasn't kind of that egregious, but there was definitely a, a Russian linesman involved. Shall we say on both those goals <laughs> that you were just kind of oh okay, really? Are you sure? And uh, yeah, the, the fucking officiating's been awful. Just I, I don't know why it happens every season. But man, it's been bad. Just it, missed calls it, everywhere. It just has ghost goals. It has offsides by a fucking gnat's dick hair, and you're just like, oh, f- f- come on, for fuck's sake, what are we doing? Still, <laughs> it has to be a mandate at this point, doesn't it? Like the the putting the whistles away, like that's not coincidental. Let them play, boys. Like playboys. I said, let them play, boys. Oh, let them play. Let them play. Yeah, like that. That has to be mandated from top down. Because it was it was perfectly sort of encapsulated within the bubble because you see the the um the exhibition games and the round robin games called as you would expect an NHL hockey game to be called and then yeah. as soon as it becomes the playoffs or the play ins, it just goes away. So it's not even it's it's not even like a fatigue thing. <laughs> the, the further we go into the season the refs are just just too fatigued. Like they're dealing with a couple of injuries, they you know, not as quick with the whistle. No, it's, it's clearly an active decision. You can't even blame that kind of fatigue where at the end of the season, the ref's skating in like his 98th game and he's just like, I'm not calling interference again. I can't be fucking bothered. Just leave it. I haven't so got, he's not going to do it. He's literally run out of puff. <laughs> yeah, he's literally run out of puff. He's just got, I can't, I can't blow this whistle anymore. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But mate, it's been fucking terrible. It's been so bad on, on every side though. And of course then, obviously, the fans are, oh, well, it's, of course the refs want Tampa to win. And then next comment, I mean, the refs just want Boston to win. Next comment, the refs are clearly favouring the stars here. Next comment, how many fucking chances are the refs going to give the avalanche? <laughs> like, it's just terrible all over. It's all terrible. At least there's, you know, sort of an equal level of terribleness, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's fair in its own right, isn't it? So credit the Canucks, because I thought they were done after one game. And oh, Jesus, Ryan yeah. Reeves just owning that game was uh, was amazing. With his thirty seven percent quality, by the way, fantastic, <laughs> doing his best intangibility ever. But drawing penalties, being a general dickhead, waving at Antoine Roussel on the penalty box, making chicken noises at him. Oh god, just oh, it's just just amazing, just amazing. It's 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 a fascinating aspect of this sport. As much as yeah, I 
I still believe that being good at hockey is a more valuable asset to bring to the table, but like just the impact that Ryan Reeves can have on a game just by being <laughs> just by being a dickhead. Just by being a scary dickhead, yeah. It's especially like in response to Roussel trying to pull his nasty little shyster stick. It's it's weird. Not that I'm saying that Ryan Reeves is is the reason that Vegas won five 0 but it dominates the game and it changes the sort of I think it does put that swagger in, in a team's step. And there was there was that infamous chirp now that was like, Oh, holy fuck we're good or whatever it is and I don't necessarily <laughs> think you get that without you know, Ryan Reeves specifically has that air about him, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've said before, I've said before, I, I there is something for me for a guy that's good in the room. You know, you're not going to pay him a lot of money, but just somebody who can pump the bench up, make you feel as though you're doing the right things, moving in the right direction, give you a bit of a lift. I think there's definitely room for you know for one guy like that on your roster to to bring out now and again. Should uh, should Ryan Reeves get into the Hall of Fame? I mean, more so than Flurry for sure. I do. I mean, if we're going strictly Hall of Fame, yeah, he, he, sh- he should be a Hall of Famer. He's an interesting story to tell, isn't it? I love seeing it. It was good. It was good. But credit the Canucks. I, I genuinely thought they were done after one day. Yeah, they're, they're making it a fucking series now, aren't they? Right. A couple of things before we get out of here. <laughs> Shout out. This is going to be this is going to be a story of two GMs. Shout out to fucking John Chaker, who you can clearly tell now was the youngest GM in the league at the time because he was told by somebody, listen, Sonny Jim, you fucked up. And when your dad gets home, I'm going to tell him what you did. So he did the childlike thing, which was to run away as quickly as possible and avoid any punishment whatsoever as the Coates are penalised a first round pick next year and this year's second round pick for their play, you know, trying out players before they're eligible to be tried out, basically. Well, it, it, it was it was a um, yeah, like a, like a dinner with an activity. Is what it is. Let's let's be yeah, let's I'll be words out there. You can probably let's, be, let's be serious. Yeah, all all Jake did was he invited prospects out for a bit of bit of food. Come round my house. Let's I'll, I'll cook you a nice spaghetti or whatever. Is there a treadmill in the corner? Yes. Am I encouraging you to use it? Yes, please. Could you just hook these sort of sticky electro electrolysis things to your to your lips? Yes, please. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. I think that's, that's perfect, perfectly normal dinner party etiquette. <laughs> but but you're right. I like I'm... to think that. I like to think that his wife's called Megan, isn't she? I Trisha called. I, I never knew whether it was his wife or his sister. Oh really? I don't. I don't but just because I, 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 I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I don't. I just don't know either way. To me. Oh my god, that's his sister. I, I assume <laughs> is it actually his sister? So John Jacob's wife. John Jacob's wife, who is also his sister, Megan Jacob. <laughs> this is a white stripe situation. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine is his wife. Catherine is his wife. That's unbelievable. That's a fucking blast in the past. Hey, every day's a school day. Every day you go. John John Jacob's not actually married to his sister. Yes. Yeah. Is... I just I just you know what it is? It's one of those things. I just saw the name. Just assumed. Why not assume? Why would why would there be two people in the world called Jacob? What? That doesn't make any sense, that's, Daniel. <laughs> One of them couldn't possibly be his sister. That's that's the funny thing because I, I just assumed the other way. I'd never thought of that him potentially being married or 
Megan Beard is his wife. Yeah. I just went, oh, same surname, either his sister or just a coincidence. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> his wife, Catherine. I like the idea that his wife, Catherine, is on the treadmill or on a rowing machine as these like young players come round and she says, oh my God, you've got to try this machine out. It's so good. <laughs> and John's like, yeah, go on, jump on, have a go. She's like, you've got to, this is the best rowing machine I've ever been on. Just stick that thing there. No, it's fine. You need it for this. It's fine. Just stick it. That's fine. Yeah. Have a go. Have a go. Just do a thousand meters for me. See how easy it feels. Well, well, and then she's like, got a notepad. She's making notes as well. Why don't, why don't we make it a competition? Yeah, go go that. I'll try. I'm trying to see how how well you can do it. in the garden. See if you can beat them. <laughs> Don't worry about them. All from different colleges. <laughs> Quentin, Quentin, Quentin. It's good to see you. <laughs> but I'd, I'd forgotten completely about this whole tampering. Do you call it prospect tampering? Whatever. Yeah, you got to. This prospect. That's the best way to describe it. This prospect tampering situation. I'd completely forgotten about it when the whole John Shaker thing came out. Yeah, me too. And now I can't help but think he knew that was going to happen. So like you say, so like you say, he thought, of course he knew. fuck this, I'm fucking gone, mate. I told you, he looked at, you went on Cap Friendly and saw <laughs> that they only had like a few picks left because he spun <laughs> them all away. Saw the message made. Saw the mess. yeah. God. He looked at that Cap page and went, how much are we spending? Oh, sorry. Oh, fucking hell. Loads, loads out. Oh, fuck. We haven't, even got, we haven't even got any picks. Somebody's oh, fucked. What have I done? Someone's probably fucked this up, haven't they? <laughs> he's, he's going back over his emails. Sent to, sent to, sent to. Here we are. New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I did offer them a first round pick. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. What do you, like, what do you Start the car. I'm off. When he hangs up the phone with Ray Shearer, he's like, that's a problem for future John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true, so true. But it's it's beautiful, isn't it? Like the the Gizaru has gotten him into like that the harshest punishment that I've seen since I've started following the league. Um, yeah, it's just like it's also the f- the first GM in the history of of the league probably to just walk out on his team before they get into the playoffs. What talk about Hall of Fame? Nope. Oh, fuck now. Oh, absolutely. John Shaker's in the shithousery hall of fame, for sure. It's an absolute full-on shithouse, and can, I love it. Can I you, love it. Can you be put in as a builder if, if like, your building was, like, a demolitions expert? <laughs> that, him, him and Peachy are already fucking first year, first ballots. I was going to say, if, you're, if your building is a slum, and you're kind of some kind of slumlord, <laughs> that's what kind of builder he is. He's a slumlord, because that's what he's done. Dude, he is sewered. The Coyotes, Seward, they've got no cap space. Their first pick this year will be in the fourth round. Did you know that? I I mean, I knew they didn't have their first and obviously now their second, but I didn't know they were missing their third as well. They're getting four players this year. Mate, I'm telling you, it will take a miracle to get the Coyotes fans anywhere. I feel sorry for you, but this team is fucked now for at least the next four or five years, barring some kind of miracle. Because you can't build through the draft. You've got no cap space. In a time where no one's going to have any cap space. I just... Dude. Really. I mean, hilarious. But fucking hell, he has fucked them over big time. Big time. Where did he trade that pick? Which one, the third? Yeah, he traded it for fucking Carl Soberg. Oh, God. 
Ugh. What a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And they haven't got the first or third next year. So in the next two drafts, they've got one pick in round two, and that's it. You love, you love to see it. You really do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's so bad. They're in so much shit. Oh, God, it's terrible. It's just so bad. It's so bad. It's At least there will be a statue of John Shaker outside of the uh, the, the centre videotron when uh, they become the Quebec Coyotes. <laughs> and outside the Slumsies building <laughs> by of, this man. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Mr. Shaker. And then- don't you think that Mr. Jacob, don't you think that cinder block statue you're building of yourself could be used for uh, for building safer housing? Foundations? Nah. Cor- corrugated iron is all you deserve, son. But listen to me, right? What if we build the houses, right? Now hear me out. What if I take out 30% of all the bricks in the house? What, what happens then? And then we can use those 30% to then build some more houses. So do that with three houses. Now we've got 90% of bricks available for those houses. There you go. Now we can make an extra house for each each time we build three houses. Yeah, it's not going to work, John. I don't care. I've got to go. Bye bye. But, but Mr. Shaker, you're in, you're interfering with the structural integrity of these buildings. Quiet, Albon Tuer. Get back in your slum. <laughs> oh God. Do you know what was interesting about this? And I and Sony mentioned this today, and I, I I can't believe I can't remember where I read it or where I heard it. But were you surprised there wasn't a penalty, as in monetary? There should have been a fine. Um, and conspiracy theory, do you think there wasn't a fine because NHL knows that the Coyotes have got no fucking money? No, nah, I, th- I think because if it's, if it's a fine, then, it, then it's just a fee. And it, it's just a what, sorry? Then, then it's just a fee. Then it's just a case of, oh, if you pay $2 million, you can tamper all you like. like. You know what I mean? Well, no, but I mean, so you lose your first and second rounder, but if this had been, say, Montreal or Toronto, or, I don't know, Bruins or something. You know, oh. a team that's known to have plenty of money behind them, would the league have said, well, it's a first and second rounder, and we're going to fine you $5 million. Like the Astros. Like the Astros, for their cheating thing, they lost picks, and they got fined heavily. Were they... Like, financially. The the Coyotes have got a new, um, new owner as well. well what's the guy's yeah. name? Fucking Alex... I want to say Morelos, something like that. Moreno, Moreno. They've got a new, they've got a new fucking owner. Yeah, so Morelo, Alex Morelo. Morelo, yeah. So, in theory, the money shouldn't be an issue, should it? Well, I don't know. Or, or maybe they're looking at it, saying, you know, this guy's just bought the team. He's kind of got the coat is out of the shit again, so we don't have to step in. Do we want to piss him off that much, like hitting his pocket? I mean, it, I'll listen to the. I'm listening to the conspiracy theory. I'm here for it. It, it could be true. I. I'd kind of believe it, but I don't think there's not there's not like a precedent for it, is there? So it's not like True. it's not like something where there has been a a previous thing where it's yes, it's draft picks and it's cash. So I can't. It'd be interesting to see if it happened again though. Something like this, if there was then a fan. Oh, mate, as, it, as if this has ever fucking happened again now. Well, yeah, it shouldn't, should it now? Losing a first and second rounder. Jesus. So funny enough, the um the NHL can actually come down quite hard when disciplining members of the NHL when people are doing things that they don't want to happen again. Clearly, uh, you know, illegal testing of prospects is more of a concern to them than the uh, the overall health and safety and well-being of their actual players. Who would have thunk it, Dad? 
Who was it who cross-checked Brendan Gallagher in the face? Oh. The other week? Niskanen? Was it Niskanen? Again, yeah, it would have been Niskanen. Field, like, was it Matt Niskanen? It was Matt Niskanen, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> invite some young lad around to your house for a runny treadmill, first and second rounder. Break a man's jaw. Well, you're not playing next time, okay? And you think about that. We can't get into the whole fucking Department of Player Safety again, but as usual, they're fucking shit and don't know what they're L- doing. Letting us down left, right, and centre. Un- unless it was actually the the illegal experimentation on prospects was more akin to the human centipede than it was to the NHL combine. <laughs> fucking MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> right, what we're going to do? Alexis, my friend, yeah. Alexis, Alexis. Have you ever taken LSD? <laughs> just take a bit of it. Have see you, what happens. Have, have you can't ever, sleep for the next five days. I'm just telling you. Have you ever taken all of it? <laughs> I've got a bell jar and it is full to the brim with weapons grade acid. What I want you to do oh is take it and then just, just do a couple of deeks for me, please, mate. I just want to see what happens. Quentin, have you ever sat in front of a, a cinema screen? And not been able to blink for four days straight because your eyes are like held open by sticks. Just give it a shot. Just let's see what happens. No, don't struggle. Time down. Time down. Okay, there we go, Quentin. Well done. Calm down. Okay, let's see what happens, shall we? <laughs> like we've got fucking John Shaker leading the fucking NHL MK Ultra testing. Yeah, he, he he wasn't an analytics man in the traditional sense of things. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mate, taking LSD. Those are some fancy stats, let me tell you. Oh dear. Was it on 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 I seem to close it out on the ultimate aside. Was it was it implied that um Ted Kaczynski was a, a victim of MK Ultra? Or am I making that up? Oh the Unabomber. Yeah, the Unabomber. I will say there have been a few, there have been a few serial killers, stroke famous murderers who claim that they were victims of MK Ultra. There's been quite a few. Kandinsky was one of them who claimed it. Uh, I can, to be fair, I haven't listened or read about Kandinsky in ages and ages and ages. Yeah, I, I just remember this from the Netflix series. But yeah, I I do think he was. I do think he was somebody who was had tested on him. Yes. Interesting. What's it, keep a watch out for any of those uh, Coyote's prospects. <laughs> I know, because the ones who made it through have passed the test. That's the worst. That's even more terrifying. Yeah, don't, don't, don't open any posts from fucking... Uh, oh, yeah. Hold on. No, he's not a prospect. Who am I? Oh, come on. Come on, Will. Oh, okay, you know okay. this. Barrett, oh, uh, Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton, there you go. Who's the, who's the Swedish kid? Fucking whoever. Oh, God. I've got some Swedish deal. I'll have to look now because you fucking. No, now we need to know. Oh, I've, got, I've got it here. I should know this. You got it. Uh, it is. Victor Sonnenstrom. I've got a name of a. Fuck, I was going to say that. And oh, I didn't yeah, say I'm it. sure. I'm myself for not saying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people, people in hockey land, if you get any post from Victor Sonnenstrom, don't open it. Or if you do, call him a bomb disposal team first. Oh, dear God. <laughs> That's one of those things where I get really sad sometimes. We don't we don't have thousands and thousands of listeners. Just people running with the idea that John Shaker's in charge of like current MK Ultra for the NHL just has me in stitches. Like, well, let's, that's so funny. Let's let's call to the regulars. Jason, I want a new model, and I, I want it to <laughs> to predict who's most likely to have been a victim of MK Ultra. Is that too much to yeah. ask? 
To be fair, on the other side, John Jacob being the youngest GM, I think the man who initially started the MK Ultra testing, Jim Rutherford, has struck again. <laughs> and from by the looks of it, in my opinion, he still smacked off his tits. Oh, Jesus. And fully on. Jesus Christ, fully I on. forgot about this. <laughs> fully on all the acid. Yeah, dude, there was an actual hockey trade this week. Okay. Do, you, do you remember that one? I mean, just about. Now, you were a lot calmer about this trade than I was, because I think the return for this is fucking insane. Yeah. The, the, fucking insane. The more I think about it, I, th- I, think, I think I'm just getting a bit uh, pessimistic when it comes to prospects. Because what it was, okay. it's capping for a first and two prospects, isn't it? So, uh, the Penguins sent Evan Rodriguez, defenseman oh. David Worowski, oh. Philip Hallander, and their 2021st to Toronto for Kapanen, Pontus Arberg, and Jesper Lindgren. So, so Arberg and uh, Rodriguez is a bit of a wash, really. So is Worowski, probably Hallander as well. I don't know, well, Hallander's the interesting one, I think. Because he, he could be. Hallander's the funny one because the second this trade was announced, obviously a lot of Leaf fans were just, you know, oh, this is the next coming of fucking Daniel Sedin or whatever. He's meant to be, according to Craig Button, he's meant to be a, you know, a very serviceable bottom six kind of guy, which is fair enough. Which isn't, and that's a good replacement for Kaplan, which is what Kaplan was doing. Yeah. Like, Kaplan's a good hockey player, I rate him. But in that Leafs system, he was a bond, he was a third line guy. Yeah, making three million a year, which is way too much for which a third is, line which guy. is mental. I think, I which s- is why him and Janssen are obviously always mentioned in you know trade talks, weren't they? I I think it's it's an interesting one where you've got two teams that are kind of equally fucked in a way. Like obviously the Leafs were right up against the cap, which is why the return for Kapanen or what is ultimately a cap dump seems really high. But the Penguins are desperate in their own ways, where they are up relatively close to the cap. They are looking, staring down the barrel of potentially this being the last hurrah sort of thing. They're getting closer and closer potentially to to the window being shut. So like they almost both, it was a bit of a Mexican standoff sort of thing, like with with each other. So I th- I, I think you're right in saying it was a high price to pay for Kapanen. I think if you'd have just done fucking. The first of Rodriguez, you that would make sense to me, because because I'm sure the Evan Rodriguez thing is partly a, a contract dump or you know to, to make the contracts work yeah. or whatever. But yeah, to chuck in a prospect as well, and then have the ancillary stuff with AHL players being swapped is interesting. I think a good for a good move for for the Leafs, obviously. And as much as it might be an overpay, I think he's a good player to pick up for the Penguins because he he's good. He's a good player. For a first, though? Yeah, but... In, in think... this draft is what's meant to be, you know, that we, also we keep hearing, it is a super deep draft. You know, the deepest, probably, you know, the deepest for years and years. And you're going to send the 15th overall pick for Kapanen? But at the same... I know, I, know, I probably know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Jim, Jim Rutherford's going to be no dead before that player hits the NHL. <laughs> what, what does he well, give a fuck? two things. There's the... There's the the Penguins, of course, are in win-now mode and fuck the future. This is future John Shaker's problem, isn't it? <laughs> fuck the uh, fuck the future because, you know, at, at some point in the next few years, Sid and Gino are going to say, yeah, that's it, cheers. And then the Penguins are going to have to bottom out and rebuild again. So who cares? And on the other side of that as well is the, well, you don't know what that 15th overall pick's going to turn into. It might be Al Montoya. 
in the end. You you just don't know. So I do see what you're saying, but you got that, and that's where I think each team's position comes into it because you got to give something to get somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, you're right. So I think there were it's... probably a few teams in for Capitan as well. There was apparently a, a few different teams in. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not surprised because he he is yeah three his his contract for a third liner is a lot. But I think he could easily be top six for plenty of teams out there. Oh yeah, he's absolutely going on the Penguins top. Do you know what it is? Yeah, you kind of that's interesting, isn't it? Because if he's making three million a year and he's on your second line, it looks like a, a great deal, a bit of a steal, doesn't it? Because like your second one of your second line wings is making three million, that's amazing. Yeah, you can't. But then if your third if your third line wing is making three million, that's too much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Unless you're running one of those weird like like when Phil was on the third line and stuff like that, like. But it's. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to the Penguins and suddenly turn into fucking Jake Gensel or whatever. But I still think he's going to have more to offer, potentially. I don't know, though. You never know, do you? Change of system. Because like, obviously they drafted him, didn't they? Yeah, that's the, fu- that's the funny thing. He was in the, the Kessel trade. They said that he didn't want to trade him. He said they wanted to keep him, but they had to do it to get Kessel. And then Kapanen had that really good season in his first season with Toronto. What's amazing. Penalty kill. Big guy. You know, was fast, looked really into it, and then just seemed to have, I don't know, just dropped off. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's that thing of, you know, playing in a massive market like that with all that pressure. And I get he's going to a team that has pressure, but Pittsburgh is a football town. It's not a hockey town. Mm. So you can still kind of, you know, it's it's not the same pressure as playing in Toronto, which obviously some players just can't handle. No, absolutely. And he's going to go from being like the sixth best forward, seventh best forward on that team to... Maybe being in, you know, a bit bit higher up on the on the pecking order or whatever. Maybe he's one of those players who wants to feel like okay, you're really wanted here. We think you're really really good, rather than just being further down the list of yeah. There's like seven or eight guys who are more important than you, mate. This is it. I, th- I think it's an interesting deal, and there there are worse deals that could be made, sort of thing. That is true. That is true. Uh, this is the last question I'm asking before we go out of here. Come on. Jim Rutherford's been in charge of Jim of the Penguins for six years. Mate. How many trades how many trades has he made in six years? Eighteen. Fifty-six. Fifty-six? Jesus. Not all massive ones. No, no. Obviously. No. Not all massive ones. <laughs> I hope not. Otherwise I feel like I've missed fifty of them. Half your life. Fucking I mean fifty six. Went on Cap Friendly. It's a Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford trade history. I did my best to count properly. I did my best to count twice. I got 56 twice. That's, that's <laughs> mental. Isn't that insane? That's really... That is... That's a lot. <laughs> that's... You know I shouldn't say how many trades has he made. How many trades has he been involved in in six years? Because it could be the, obviously other people ringing him and saying, okay, well, obviously Kessel, you know, we'd like to talk to Phil Kessel. Okay, then that's fine. But, yeah. but it takes two seconds, though, doesn't it? Yeah, in, yeah. 56 that's that's like I'm... he's fucking nuts isn't he he is nuts he's completely bonkers and he said didn't he he said I hate the way our season ended things are going to change entire coaching staff fired right we're going to start trading some players and getting some players in changing things around a bit he does mess about does he he does he is Jim Rutherford is the antithesis of that you can never make trades in the NHL because he just fucking makes them all the time all the time bringing people in moving them out this and the other like remember yeah. when Galchenyuk was a fucking penguin earlier this year. <laughs> like, fucking um, Dmitry Filipovich put on that 
Rutherford has traded away and then brought back or traded for and then sent out something like 18 players. <laughs> he just, I don't know, it's just a revolving door. He's, and, and fair play to him. I think there's an element that's like, yeah. Yeah, you've, got to, you've got to fucking do it, haven't you? Oh, yeah, 56 in six years. Over, over nine trades a year, isn't that fucking mental? I think he must have... Um, do you know what, to be fair, after the way Dubas operated last season as well, I think him and Carl Dubas must have their trade settings on easy. I'm <laughs> fairly sure of it. The way they could have, you know, like fucking waltz around the league making trades here, there and everywhere. Whereas I think some of the other ones have got their set on extra realistic and it just never happens for them. Every time it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a real first round pick. I want to give you give you a 2034 first round pick. <laughs> Conditional. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, not, not in the top 25. Yeah, no, of course not. All right, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Um, no, no, not at all. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're done for this week. Yes, take care, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Peace.